Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie Jablonski, is here. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Well, hey, Natalie. Hey, Marjorie. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. In fact, I have to tell you, I am really excited. I had a wonderful weekend. Yeah. And I was reading this book, and I'm kind of obsessed with it. And I know that you started it. You gave me a copy. I gave you a copy. I don't know who gave each a copy who, but have you read it already? I, I did read it. It was really, really good. I'm like, thank you for recommending it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so great that I wanted to reach out to our special guest today, Ty Vanetta. He is with Mentor Hope Publishing, and we are here talking about the book Mentor the Kid and the CEO, a simple story of achieving significance. And so, Ty, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm glad to be on. Thank you so much for asking me to, to, to be on the show. So I want to ask you, first off, the the author of the book, that's Tom, Pace, Tom Pace, correct? Yes, ma'am. And tell me more about Tom's vision on how this project got started. Well, the story is based on um, a lot of aspects of Tom's life. So the um, most of, almost, yeah, all of the events in the book either happened to Tom or to someone very close to Tom. I wondered so, that as I was reading it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So he, you know, Tom's one of those people that's just every moment of, of his life awake is trying to help someone. So when all these events happened to him, he, he wanted to be able to, to share his experience in a way that would, that would be able to help someone. So he, he, you know, he wrote the book and that seems to be like one of his biggest things. He gives so many books, so many copies of this book away just to help people out. So I think that's mainly the main reason behind the vision behind the book is to try to help someone with the with the experiences that he had. And now I'm curious, one of the big references throughout the book, and also there, I know there's a picture as it kicks off as a lighthouse. Was that a part of the actual story for Tom, or was that more symbolism that he used with regards to what the lighthouse represents? Well, I think the fact that uh, it being a lighthouse um, is a is a symbol. I think that's actually a coincidence because the lighthouse is actually here in Oklahoma City. There's a Lake Hefner, and there's a lighthouse on on the edge of the lake, and that's where Tom meets every Saturday at six a.m. to run. Nice. So the lighthouse is actually like a physical monument here in the city. So I think it being a, a symbolism actually just kind of was like a like a win-win. That's so awesome. And before we get too ahead of ourselves, uh, can give us a, a real brief rundown for our listeners of kind of what the book's about, what they can expect if they were to pick this up themselves. Well, the, the book is about, um, it starts off with, with a kid that gets into some trouble. And the, the reason why the kid is in jail and in trouble is because that's the lowest point that we could possibly, that Tom could think of someone getting in their life. There's no lower point you can get basically than winding up in jail. So the kid ends up in jail, and at first he can't take any responsibility for his actions. You know, he's in there, and he can't accept that it's his fault that he's in there. And then, you know, he kind of has to accept that he's stuck in there, and he has nothing else to do. So he meets a guy named Malcolm who brings in a group into the jail to try to help people. And after being persuaded by another um, inmate or roommate there in the, in the county jail, 
he um, he picks up a book called The Greatest Miracle in the World that Malcolm gives him. And then he starts taking action. He starts going to the group more. He starts listening. He starts he starts becoming responsible. And when he finally gets out of jail, he starts running at Lake Hefner with with Malcolm. And he just he continues to grow. He continues to learn. And him and Malcolm go through experiences together with Malcolm getting sued for a lot of money and almost losing his business. And um, Tony being the one that that is there for him and essence becoming the mentor to his mentor and helping him overcome that that um, that depressive state. And and then both of them just just growing together to become people of significance. And he ends up getting getting his uh, his felony pardon and becomes a successful business owner. And the, the cool thing about that is because is that Tony's a real person and all of that actually happened to Tony. And Tony's now a multimillionaire, the real Tony. Wow, that's that's really amazing. Yeah, as this is one of those books that you pick it up and like I literally picked it up on a Monday night after work and I read the entire thing in a couple hours and didn't realize that I had done that um, until I put it down. And I was like, whoa, um, it's a fast read, but it's interesting the entire way through, um, which was what really impressed me about it. Yeah, and I agree. I, I know I picked it up and I started reading it one evening and it was to the point where I knew I had to get to bed or I was going to be suffering. <laughs> and I set my alarm <laughs> for an hour earlier because I wanted to get up and finish the book. And I can't tell, I can't tell you the last time that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's just so relatable when you think about how we communicate with each other, you know, especially in the nonprofit sector, we, we tend to rely on each other for what I like to call these, these BMW sessions, right? And it stands for, um, bitching, moaning, and whining. Mm-hmm. And we get together, we talk about all the things that have happened to us and how things aren't fair and what's going on in our nonprofit and how we don't have enough money, we don't have enough resources, we don't have enough people, we don't have enough whatever it is, right? We never have enough. And we do that. I think I think a lot of people probably naturally do that together in, in small groups that we care about. It kind of unites us like misery loves company. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was interesting about this book is I'm reading this the story and the gentleman and he's sitting there and, you know, Tony's had a rough time and he's not taking any responsibility for this. And I couldn't help but go, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not your responsibility? Like, get up, do something about it. Like, I'm trying to, I'm coaching him through the book as I'm reading it. And it started to make me think about how many times I was in a BMW session, that I was the one doing that, mm-hmm. blaming everything else for why we didn't get that grant or why we didn't get that contact or why we didn't get that you know, for donation. And yet the reality was I needed to take accountability for that. And it's something that just is kind of very raw and it hits you in the face in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things is that you, you, you know, you said something about you, you couldn't put it down and that hadn't happened in a while. When I first read the book, I think the last time I'd read anything was in high school and it was only because I was forced to. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then I read this book and I read it in a couple of days and, you know, I did the same thing. I put it down. I was like, oh my, oh, oh my God. I just, I read a whole book cover to cover in less than a day. <laughs> well, and funny enough, when you like, read the book, Tony has a very similar realization mm-hmm. that he does the same thing. You know, he has a struggle with picking up a book and reading and, and that overcoming challenge and all the reasons why you shouldn't try to further yourself or educate yourself. And he had all those reasonings in there. What I also thought was great about as you're going through, and I noticed it instantly as I got to some of those first chapters, Mm -hmm. was at the very bottom of every page, 
there is a little phrase, a little piece, a little, a few words, and they're inspirational. And you put them all together. And I kept thinking to myself, these are really good. I want to write all these down. I wish I could remember them. And then I was so tickled when I got to the end of the book. Not to be a spoiler alert, but there they are. Like they're all listed down as to all these things. They call it the list, right? And they're things that I think, you know, Marjorie, these are things that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. I know them. You know them. Oh, yeah. Ty knows them. But you have to remember these are things, the little things in life that can make such a huge impact. Um, Finish what you start. Don't worry. Have a dream list. Be kind. Encourage others. These are simple little things, but they can really change your outlook on life, Marjorie. Absolutely. And they're the easy things to do. I think one of my favorite ones was just be cheerful. Like, it's one of those things that's not hard to do. I mean, most days. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, like, you don't have to do anything special to be cheerful or to do good or have good manners. Um, there's such the things that we all have inside of us already. The other thing that I really loved at the end of the book was the list of other books. Um, oh, yes. my goodness. I mean, how many pages of other books is there? There's, like, s- 10 pages? Five, five pages? Yeah. Yeah, of, uh, there's a, yeah, about 10. Yeah. It's just really impressive of other really cool inspirational books and, you know, Definitely a list to start uh, pouring through after you're done with this one, too. What what was the inspiration for both the list and the list of books? Well, the list was, um, you know, he wanted the. I think the reason why he put them down at the bottom is one of those little subliminal messages, you know, and mm-hmm. it's uh, different than the subliminal, subliminal messages you get on commercials. You know, they're actual positive things. <laughs> so to try to encourage people, you know, you glance down and, and you see that and, and, you know, some of them, you know, be social, make new friends, you know, things like that and encourage it or, you know, do something nice for someone. And it encourages people to do something. And then like, um, you know, he just when he wanted a way for people to, to get those little messages that we all know we should be doing, but we don't and just kind of encourage people to do that. And then I think the reason why he actually did the full list in the back is because, you know, a lot of us are like, like you said, you wanted, you know, I should write all these down. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, like, boom, here it is. And then the the list of the books, I think, is like, so we do, we give this book away and we sell this book a lot to job corps centers and schools. So a lot of kids who typically were like me, who don't read books, they were you know, actively against reading books, they would protest it. And then they'd read this, they would read this book and they'd be like, oh my God, you know, I want to read another book. What other book should I read? I should read something else, but I don't know what to read. So he put a, you know, he put a list of like a hundred, 130 something books of his top books that he's read in his lifetime in there for people, you know, essentially to go down the list. Like, okay, so I finished this book. Now I should read How to Win Friends and Influence People, or I should read this book. And I love that the authors of all the different books are so eclectic. You know, you've got Zig Ziglar, you've got Mother Teresa, you've got Jim Collins, you know, you've got Sam Walton, and just entrepreneur and and leader in community and all these different types of people. John Grisham, The Firm. Mm -hmm. What a what a great read. And you wouldn't think about it, but all the lessons that are in there. So I love that he has not just self-help books or books that will, you know, how to win, you know, just win, win friends and influence people. And, but it's really right. this well-rounded list that helps people. Even Seabiscuit. See, well, that's, well, that's a great story. <laughs> <a good> book. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I will I will tell you now after that I got a little disappointed because I got to the back and there's a $50 guarantee that if I read this book cover to cover and thought it was a complete waste of time I'd get $50. Uh, and unfortunately, right. I, I can't take you up on that offer because it was it was, it was excellent. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so for all of our listeners, we are talking about Mentor, the Kid and the CEO, A Simple Story of Achieving Significance by Tom Pace with Walter Jenkins. Where can people get copies of this book if they would like to follow our lead and learn more about it? They can get it on um, either our website at mentorhope.com. You can buy it there, or um, it is available on Amazon. You can go on to Amazon, and if, you, and if you use Amazon Prime, which a lot of people, if you buy a lot of books, you, you, you should have Prime because it's awesome. But you can get it on there, and um, if you're going to get it on Amazon, make sure it's the Mentor Hope one. Otherwise, it's not the right copy of the book because – he also is part of a nonprofit called the World Book Bank, and they print a different version of the book. And unfortunately, a lot of people get the free copies of the book and then turn around and sell it on Amazon. Oh, well, that yeah, that makes sense. So they specifically need to get this copy. So maybe what we'll do is we'll see if we can get a picture, an image of this yep. whenever we post it. We'll get a direct link in, in our show notes for that. Now, Ty, you mentioned you've got a special connection to this book. What it, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the book, um, Tom in this book actually kind of saved my life. I was, um, like I said, one of those kids that didn't read. And there, I had an interesting upbringing where I, I, I went down the wrong path. You know, there's a fork in the road where I could, go, I could do the right thing or I could not do the right thing. And I chose the latter. And it led me into, um, Tony, I, I was essentially Tony in the book. You know, I wound, wound up in jail. Uh, it was actually a miracle. I graduated high school. They kind of just uh, graduated me just so I wouldn't have to come back the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was in the lowest point I could think of in my life. I was depressed. I had no vision. I had no hope. And I met Tom. And the first thing he said was, here, read my book. <laughs> And give me a call. And, you know, at the time, I thought it was cheesy and that it wasn't anything of any real significance. But um, for some reason, I read the book. I decided I had nothing better to do. I might as well read the book. And I read the book and like I loved it. I read it in less than a day. And Tom's number's in the back of the book. So I called him every day for like two solid weeks until he finally picked up the phone and met with me. And then I just like I hung out with him. I just, I listened to him. I wanted to do everything he was doing, and he became my mentor. And then he he hired me at his company, Pace Butler, and I worked there for like two years. And I just continued to grow and learn and follow his direction. And then finally, he put me. You know, this last year, he asked me if I wanted to run the company that publishes the book. So the the book has really been instrumental in in my growth because. I've changed 150% since I read the book. And it's, you know, all because of taking the actions that the book uh, tells you to do and, you know, getting a mentor and following their direction. Well, and one of the reasons, Ty, we wanted to have you on today was not only because we love the book so much, but we wanted to share that with our audience at 501 Crossroads so that they can enjoy it. And a lot of our nonprofits serve those who are facing adversity, those who are struggling, they have 
clients and also employees that could benefit from something like this, a board of directors. So we were already brainstorming different ways and different groups of people who could benefit from something like this. Have you seen uh, other nonprofits come in and purchase these in a larger sense and give them away for Christmas gifts or for welcome to the organization type gifts? Back when it first got published, I think they were real. They had someone running it that was real big on the nonprofits, and a lot of big brothers, big sisters, and other um, nonprofits like that. They would do that. They would buy them in bulk, a couple cases at a time, and then they'd give one um, around Christmas time. They'd buy them as Christmas gifts, and they'd throw a party, and everyone would get one. Or they would buy it for the um, for the uh, the kids that they work with. And I know um, one of the Big Brothers Big Sisters chapter in Arkansas just just bought um, a couple of cases, and they issue them with all of the kids that they work with, and also with the um, the volunteers. So as soon as the volunteer um, comes on board, they give them the book, trying to um, show them what a, what a good mentor looks like, and they have them they have them read the book uh, to try to learn learn that with it. I really, I really love that concept of being able to share that with with one person or with many people. The one thing that I I loved about this book was, you know, it, it wasn't just Tony and Malcolm. You know, it, it it was a family of people that basically were around Malcolm that supported each other, um, including Gary and Malcolm's, um, you know, p- personal family and and a lot of people. I that was the one thing that I, I think I really got from the book was the importance of not just the family you're born with, but the family that you get to choose, right, um, or that chooses you. Um, so yeah. I, I really liked that piece about that. Um, how important has that been for, for you and your development? Um, I think it's been, it's been one of the more important things because I really believe that life is about community and that can go either way, either good or bad. I mean, the people you hang around is essentially people you become. So choosing the right people, I mean, Tom and uh, the other people that he mentors, his family, they've all stepped in and become like a second family to me. And it's been very essential to, to my growth and to my life, really. They, I mean, they are a part of my life. And it's, it's, it's kind of just a miracle the way that it all happens and how important uh, a, a few people can, can become to you in, in life. And it's really, it's just been amazing. Well, and I love how the book captures the piece that often happens when we when we give of ourselves, we get it back tenfold. And you see this transformation where Malcolm has given and given. And then all of a sudden, the one who needs is Malcolm. And yeah. how often does that happen to us in real life where we are trying to help someone else and we're giving back? And then all of a sudden, we're in a spot and we think, I'm going to have to go through this alone. And the person that perhaps maybe you least expected it steps up and walks that journey with you and it's so motivating and how that relationship continues beyond those moments, you know, is up to you. But some people come in and out of our lives for different reasons. And I love that part about the story to see how strong he was. But yet the way that Tom really captured him is also being vulnerable and how he had to learn to receive as well as to, to give out and how that was a struggle for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was, he was very authentic in, in portraying himself in that scenario because Tom himself, I mean, he really was back in 2001 sued for a little over $200 million and went through what he calls the desert. And he he relied on, on close friends and family and his mentors to, to get him out of that, to get him out of that, that depression where he just 
didn't think there was any way out of it. And he, you know, with the help of his closest friends and um, Tony, the, the real Tony, I think his real name is Domingo, was the one that was, would come over to his house every day and say, hey, let's go run. We need to go run. And Tom would, you know, I don't want to run today. I'm tired. I need to sleep. And Domingo would, would tell him, we need to go run. And he, he would get him out to go run. And it would boost his spirit just enough for him to, to you know, keep going. So he, I think in, in the book, when he portrayed himself, he got real authentic in that. And I think it really, it really helped the, the story a lot. Yeah, it really resonated with me as a as a reader. I could feel that pain, and you know, if you've if you've not been in that spot where you had to ask someone else for help, or at a spot where you didn't know how to ask, and someone just came in and helped, as Tony did in the story, it's a very humbling experience. And I think once you've been through something like that, if you were not already giving what you could of yourself when someone needed help, it will influence your life to the point that it will change you. And when those you get those out of the blue phone calls or you see someone who needs a boost without even thinking, you will take your coat off and give it to them. You will call, make a phone call on someone else's behalf to open a door because you've been there. You've been on the other side. And I think that's what is so captivating about that particular part of the book. It, it puts you in those shoes as to what that might be like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Ty, is there are there plans for other books from from Mentor Hope Push Publishing, or are there other books that our, our listeners should check out? Or what do you he recommend? He is working. He is working on another book right now called The Mentor, The Graduate, and the CEO, and that one's going to focus on once you graduate, either high school, college, uh, that that question of now what? Mm-hmm. That's going to be that's going to be the focus of that where, you know, we graduate high school or college or a job course center, or we just got out of jail or something like that. Now what, now what do I do? And he's going to, he's going to answer that, that question in that book. So I think, I think to look forward for that one, that I think that one's going to be a really good one. We're, we're working on that one. And I think it's going to be a really good book. Well, I know people who've been graduated for 20 years and still are trying to say, now what? Don't you, Marjorie? Absolutely. <laughs> you Maybe might, myself. You might find two of them right here. That's right. Well, Ty, I'm, I'm so glad that you came and joined us today to, to share this with our listeners. And again, the name of the book is Mentor, the Kid, and the CEO. Um, and we've got some opportunities on where we can get that. Is there... Mm-hmm. Um, is there, if they want to know more about getting bulk copies, as you had talked about, we briefly said that, is there a particular way we should reach out for that particular purpose if they want more than just one copy to be able to distribute? If they want bulk orders, they should probably, I think, give me a, a phone call because then I can give them the, the discounts on that. We won't have to work any, jump through any loopholes. I can just get a process like that, and that would be the best way to do it. And, Ty, what number would you like them to use? Um, area code 405. Seven five two zero nine four zero, and that'll ring me directly at the office. That's great. We'll go ahead and add that to our show notes. And if people have more questions or want to connect on other media, um, what are some other good ways to reach out to you? We do have a Facebook group, and um, I believe we have a Twitter. I should be more active on that, but I'm not that active on it. Well, that's okay. We'll match those up uh, behind the scenes as well. So, well, Ty, thanks so much again for joining us. I know Marjorie and I loved the book so much that we – it's one of the very few books that we've shared on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it just resonates so widely across uh, leadership and in nonprofit, we are all about uh, leaders, both the ones that are, have the official title and the ones who are maybe the, 
the the less noticed leaders, but definitely had the big influence. So mm-hmm. uh, I hope that they will enjoy the book as much as we did. And thanks so much again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.